Buenos dias. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hey, I want to talk to you today about tailoring your message, tailoring your pitch to your specific donors and, and the precious little time you have to do that in any meeting. Now, I know what you think. Like, you think you have an hour to make your pitch. Like, that's just my experience. My experience, I find that the typical donor meeting last about an hour. Sure, I, I've had meetings that are like 25 minutes. Sometimes when I'm meeting with an executive in their office and they want to know how long the meeting is going to take before I set the meeting up, I always say 25 minutes because I, I don't know. To me, 25 minutes seems like a lot less time than a half hour to ask for. And then often when I say 25 minutes, the meeting goes 45 minutes because now that I'm in the room, we're having a, a good meeting, right? Uh, I've had donor meetings that have gone four hours, 10 hours, all right? But I like I've had 1,700 or more donor meetings in my career. I find the typical donor meeting in the donor's living room or in the donor's office lasts about an hour. So you think now, like you think you have an hour to make your pitch, right? No, you do not have an hour to make your pitch because a good donor meeting and a good donor meeting you ought to be spending the majority of the time listening and not talking. Now, you're not just listening to anything, right? You're not just talking about the donor's recent trip to Hawaii or their flower garden or uh, the, the, the recent trip to the vet to take care of their dog. That, sure, you're going to go through some of that stuff because we like our donors. They're our friends, and we talk about all that kind of stuff with our friends, right? But... You are going to be guiding the conversation by listening and asking strategic questions. And I have a whole uh, quiver full of these that I like to ask. I've got a massive list of strategic questions that I can share with you if you're interested in receiving that. Hundreds of questions that I have in my quiver that I can ask donors about why they support our organizations, how they choose what organizations they support what they want to accomplish with their giving. Of all the gifts you've ever given, which one has given you the most joy? You know, what is it you tell people about our organization? All, all kinds of questions to get the donor talking. If you were to give a gift above and beyond anything you've ever given before, what would you want to accomplish? These are the types of questions you ought to be asking in your donor meetings because if you're ever going to get a gift above and beyond what that donor has ever given before, You've got to figure out what it is will, that will motivate them to give that gift. And you don't figure that out by talking. You figure it out by listening. So in any donor meeting, I say that your goal should be that you talk only about 25% of the time. You spend about 75% of the time listening. And I like to emphasize that. I don't, I don't say you spend 25% of the time talking and your donor spends 75% of the time talking. I want to emphasize your role here. You're, it's, it's active. You are listening. You are listening to gift. While you are doing 75% of that meeting is listening. So in an hour-long meeting, that means, like, let's see if we can do the math here, right? <laughs> What's 25% of an hour, right? It's 15 minutes. Okay. So in an hour-long meeting, you, you have only about 15 minutes that you're going to actually be talking. About 45 minutes, you're listening. The donor is talking, right? 
So in that hour-long meeting, only 15 minutes are you talking. So in a lot of your 15 minutes, your, the, the 15 minutes that you're allotted in an hour-long meeting, a lot of that time is taken up by asking questions. You're guiding the conversation. You're, you're maybe clarifying something for the donor. You're maybe answering a question. Uh, at, at the beginning, you're talking about your flight and when you came into town and how long you're in town and what you're doing in town other than meeting with the donor, right? What else has been going on? At the end, there's small talk about where you're going from here and the donor is trying to give you directions to your next meeting even though you have, have just told them you're going to use GPS, right? So when I'm down that 15 minutes, now you're down to about seven minutes in any hour-long meeting where you really have an opportunity to make your pitch. So you have to make those seven minutes count. They're super valuable. So one thing I want you to do is I want you to be testing lines constantly. You, you, you've got to have this, the, these, different, these different lines that you use with donors that you're testing. And if you don't get a good response a couple of times, you've got to throw that out, right? Even if you think it's good, if you don't get a good reaction, good response, good feedback from your donors on your stories that you tell, the lines that you use. If they're falling flat, you've got to, I don't care if you think it's good, you've got to stop using it, all right, because you've got precious little time. The other thing I want you to take into consideration is your donor's listening preferences, okay? Now, let me tell you a story um, about uh, how, how listening preferences play out. So years ago, um, I was um, our organization that I was working for had asked a donor for a million dollar gift. Some time had passed, and we were now having a follow up call with the donor to kind of see where we were with the proposal. And the donor. Um, says on the call, this was to build a visitor center in conjunction with the presidential property. And uh, the donor says, I'm not, actually, I'm not leading the call, I'm only listening in, all right? I'm on the line, but I'm not talking. And the donor says to my boss, uh, Ron, how many, how many visitors do you anticipate coming through the center every year? And uh, Ron says, oh, I'm not a numbers guy, Fred, but let me tell you about, yeah, and he launches in to this story about this particular student who had come through one of our programs in just the past few weeks. And I'm listening to this, and, and I'm just like, man, Ron is good. Ron is brilliant. Like, he turned that. Uh, this is a great answer to this question, right? Like, because the way I think is it's hard to get my mind around how many Jews were killed in the Holocaust, right? But I can understand the story of Anne Frank, right? And so I, I think this answer is just brilliant. Ron goes off on this long answer. And then at the end, the donor says, Ron, I am a numbers guy. How many people do you anticipate coming through the center every year? So here's the thing. Four different listener types that, that – uh, everyone tends to fall into. We have people-oriented listeners, action-oriented listeners, content-oriented listeners, and time-oriented listeners. Here's the problem. We all tend to speak 
in whatever language we hear in. Okay, so if I'm a people-oriented listener, I tend to, to tell stories in a people-oriented language. If, I, if I'm a people-oriented listener, which I am, I personally am a people-oriented listener. Because of that, I tend to speak in a people-oriented language. The problem is, is that my donor doesn't speak in that language. And so I need to, if, if I want my donor to more quickly and more readily grab onto my message, I need to figure out what the listening preferences are of my donor and I need to tailor my message in a way that my donor will hear it and receive it. So most of our donors aren't as type A aggressive as, as Fred was in this call that I just recounted, right? Like Fred like listens to the answer and basically says, you're speaking in the wrong language. Speak in my language. But most donors will never do that. Most donors will like, they'll feel frustrated and they'll feel um, they'll feel empty, but they won't even know why. They won't even be able to specifically know why. Like they'll have this lingering feeling that the question didn't you, your answer didn't really answer their question, but they won't really know why. So I want to get you uh, to where you're working to identify your donor's listening preference. And then in those precious few minutes that you have to actually make your pitch to your donor, I want you to then tailor your message to your donor's listening preference, okay? So there are some clues that you can look for to sort of figure out what, is, what are the listening preferences of my donors. The donor that I'm meeting with today, the donor that I'm sitting across from today, what, what are her listening preferences, okay? So some clues, okay? I'm gonna give you some clues. People-oriented listeners, they, they have personal pictures on walls, personal items on their desk. Um, they make and hold eye contact. They vary uh, vocal inflection. They smile and nod in affirmation frequently, okay? Action-oriented listeners, they have desk organizers and work-related pictures on their wall. Um, they have a clean desk. Often they have a brisk, firm handshake. They speak in a more rapid pace. Um, and they show, they show uh, clues of disinterest, um, like doodling or finger tapping, okay? Content-oriented listeners, um, these tend to be engineers, architects. My wife is a content-oriented listener. Um, she's an architect by training. Content-oriented listeners have neat stacks on their desk, um, research and reference books, um, serious facial expressions, um, challenging vocal tones. You may think they're being they're being aggressive. They're that they they're not buying into what you're saying. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily that it's just, this is their MO as a content oriented listener, challenging vocal tones, um, looking up frequently to process information. Um, like I said, engineers, architects, accountants, attorneys often tend to be content oriented listeners and then time oriented listeners. Uh, they have clocks like all around 
Um, they have an assistant calling to remind him or her of their next meeting. They want to know exactly how long you want to meet. Uh, they have reminders and pings on their phone. Um, patient, uh, impatient facial expressions. All right, time-oriented listeners. Okay, so a, a, a few clues now for communicating with these different listener types. Um, with people-oriented, tell stories, um, show illustrations, uh, use we instead of I to be inclusive, uh, use first names, uh, self-effacing humor can work well with people-oriented listeners, um, action-oriented. Keep You, you want to have a few points and not too many of them all right like there should here's my first point here's my second point um and maybe a third point but like you want to have an order and a structure and 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 very few points um presentations should be short and to the point um and it does help to speak at a more rapid pace like i i love to tell stories and sometimes my stories (laughs) drag on um, that does not work well with action-oriented listeners. All right, content-oriented listeners, hard data. All right, have some hard data. Uh, quote credible sources, um, graphs and charts and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, time-oriented listeners, go under the time limit whenever possible. Um, be ready to cut, 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 cut. Like, don't feel like you have to get it all out there. Um be sensitive to nonverbal uh, cues and, and indicating impatience. All right. So think about the listening preferences of your donors. Most of us have a strong listening preference in one area and we'll, we'll kind of have a secondary listening preference that we, we can fall into as well. Think about your donors' list, list, listening preferences, though, and how you can tailor your message to each one. So what I'm saying is, is that maybe you have thought like you've you've been working for your organization for a long time and you feel like man I have developed my pitch this is my pitch I use these lines you know this is what I always say to donors I'm saying no you, you can't do that first of all every donor you meet with is unique and this is the work of major gifts fundraising we're not we're not writing a direct mail piece that we're trying to to uh, appeal to a broad audience. Every day we have an audience of one. We are meeting with one donor. And we shouldn't have a pitch that we give. We should have a whole uh, quiver full of questions that we ask, a whole quiver full of stories that we can pull from for specific donors with specific listening preferences, all right? So in my, uh, our big Major Gifts Fundraiser Masterclass program, we have a whole module where we go through how to, how to identify donors' listening preferences, how to, how to craft stories uh, tailored to specific listening preferences, and how that works for your organization where we actually go through, like, how do you, how do you create, what, what are your action-oriented stories? What are your people-oriented stories that you tell your donors? So. Um, check it out. Uh, you will have better donor meetings, right? That's constantly what I'm, what I'm working on with my clients is one, like start with the basics. Want all of the organizations that we work with to provide uh, a joyous giving experience for their donors, right? If, if donors have a joyous giving experience, they'll be more likely to take the meeting when you call and want to have a meeting. 
right? Like you're going to actually get in the living room. Organizations are constantly telling me they have a hard time getting meetings with their donors. Well, it'd be a lot easier to get meetings if your donors like loved you because they knew how much you loved them and appreciated their support. So it starts with good stewardship, right? It gets you in the living room. But then once you get in the living room, how do you have better meetings? How do you have more high quality meetings by listening to gift, asking strategic questions, and then, and then tailoring your pitch to specific donors and specific listening question, uh, preferences. And then of course, getting into asking and then how, how do you ask and then how do you close and all these things. That's what we do with organizations is help organizations level up, help fundraisers level up in each of these areas so that you can be among the very best fundraisers out there. You owe it to yourself, you owe it to your cause to take this stuff seriously. All right, if anything I mentioned is of interest to you today, you'd like to learn more, shoot me an email at clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. That's clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. Or you can just shoot me a message right here on Facebook. Just send this page, Major Gifts Fundraiser, a message. All right. Have a great day.